star so bright Pull your hat down, make sure your cinch is tight Horse is kinda snuffy, cold chill up your spine Go get your ass, moving somewhere Welcome to Burning Daylight, the only podcast for the working cowboy. Well, howdy there, daylight burners. Um, we got a we got an East Coaster on the on the show today. Uh, returning uh, is it, this the second time we've done yeah, this, or second time? <laughs> All right, Dan Given out of out of West Virginia. Um, you're an interesting fellow, my man. I like I I've I've really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit um most of all like west virginia is another one of those like kind of i got a soft spot for uh like kind of like the okies you know they catch a lot of shit but uh like i everybody that i've met from west virginia is uh, really cool like some of the best music in the world comes out of there same as oklahoma some of the best storytelling like that whole appalachia region is just that's kind of my that's like the the western u.s but smack dab in the eastern U.S., they're, they're well, kind of the same culture. You don't want to say too many good things about us. You between you and Tim Pool on Timcast or whatever, <coughs> West Virginia. Oh yeah, first time we we lost the congressional district from the last uh, census, so we're down mm-hmm. to two. But for the first time that I remember or know of, West Virginia's population is growing, and I'm starting to see for the first time ever. New York and California plates running through hmm. like, local roads. And I'm like, here we go. Cause they, they declared <sighs> the, uh, a national park nearby us. And you just see all these, you, you know, those Mercedes transporter vans or whatever. Mm. People can't like the sprinter vans or whatever. Vans. Dude, they are polluting that area and real estate is just started to go sky high. So hopefully they don't ruin it people talking good about our state we need to get back to just man they're all inbred and hicks and i know and just like you don't you don't go out in the woods at night because you might get shot if you stumble across a still you know like that whole yeah that's kind of like uh see most of nevada is like that where just like nobody really wants to go out there there's not much to do but i i fucking love rural nevada like it's just I think it's the coolest place in the, like, uh, like governing wise, like Nevada's one of the coolest states in in the country. Cause it is so just like, man, fence, build a fence. So my cows don't get into your hay. Like that, that's kind of the, the, the rule of, of thumb around here is like, if you don't want my cows in your shit, build a fence around it. Yeah. Yeah. We had, um, well, We've pretty much, just because feed prices are so high, we had a bunch of hogs that we were also feeding out, and we mm-hmm. pretty much got rid of that. But we had some, like, there was this one hog, and she had these piglets, because we were, um, you know, farrowing them and everything. And uh, they got loose, and they recently put made this railroad that ran down in the valley by our farm, which intersects mm-hmm. like a corner of our farm into a big rails, uh, rails to trails, you know, so they tore up all the track 
and then made it really smooth. Like, I don't know what kind of material that is, but it's really smooth and you can ride your horse or bike or run or do whatever on it. And this, I could not keep this pig in. It would get out and take all its piglets and go hang out by this rails to trails. <laughs> and we finally, and it was a pig that was like scared of humans. It wanted to just oh. tear off. And I, I started to get the, we got these complaints from the rails to trails story. Like this pig is like chasing people and, and running them off. I'm like, that doesn't sound like this pig, you know? And so um, we did finally catch it and it's turned into bacon that moment. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but it was just really funny because there's just this like railroad track that just slices the corner of our farm and we own land on both sides of it. And I knew where that pig was and it was never on the trail. When I'd go down there and see it, it was never on the trail. And it was just funny because like, who are these people worried about this pig that is terrified of humans and was hiding out? Like they probably just saw the pig and were freaking out, but you know, it's like there never used to be people there at all. And now all of a sudden there's people there and there's new complaints and they don't like this or that. And I'm like, uh, been here longer and I just don't really care what you think. But anyhow, this pig, man, it was, it was wild. It was the wild. Pig. <laughs> awesome. that just... thing, that loaded up and to slaughter. I, I was happy to see her go. It was a red pig. And I started calling it the devil pig from, uh, uh, streets of uh was it street no that was was the last mcmurtry novel oh um was that streets of laredo i think so maybe i get the titles confused streets of laredo and dead man's walk i think it was streets of laredo and they called the devil pig that yeah was, something like that man, it was, you know uh i i'm under the impression that um mcmurtry should have just stopped at lonesome dove like he didn't need I mean, not that the the other novels weren't okay, like because they were okay, but but Comanche Moon did he write? I know that's a prequel. <coughs> did yeah. He write that one after. Yeah. Lonesome so Dove? he wrote Lonesome Dove, and then I think he wrote Streets of Laredo, and then he went back and wrote uh, Comanche Moon and Dead Man's Walk, which are both prequels. I mean, Comanche Moon though. I haven't read Dead Man's Walk, but I thought Comanche Moon was awesome i really liked it yeah um, is damn just downright depressing yeah it, it is maybe that's why it, it's good i don't know is because it's just kind of real i like streets of laredo i loved it like i listened to it this summer when we were mm. putting up hay in the tractor i don't know <laughs> i got the yeah. cab tractor you know i make the high school boys with the open cab so you know well yeah you're a capitalist yeah. come on yeah, so they, I listened to that whole thing, putting up hay, and I was like, you're at the edge of your seat while you're running mm. around in circles. But it was a really good one because I had read Comanche Moon and, of course, Lonesome Dove, and those are just, yeah. I mean, those are masterpieces, I thought. But yeah, you've got to keep the scotch and the pistol away from yourself. Yeah, no no kidding. Um, Dead Man's Walk was, was all right. Um, Comanche Moon was really good. I'll, I'll say that. That was good. Uh, Streets of Laredo, like you said, it's it's depressing. But and then Lonesome Dove. Uh, I mean, it, it is really incredible how well they did on the on the miniseries. But man, the book is just far superior. Like there's there's just yeah, yeah. It, it's uh man, just like 
like I, and it's funny when you when you talk to people that have read it and what their favorite part of the book that doesn't get in the movie like yeah. i remember talking to a guy his favorite like favorite little thing that he from the book was how dish got his name because he was so and they tried to uh like they tried to kind of recreate that but they never did really like explain it in the in the show but yeah it was because he was so thirsty that he he went and started drinking the dishwater when he got yeah. back to to the wagon and so he's dishwater bog it and uh <laughs> but there's like like the whole um buffalo heifer uh scenario with with newt like the the how how she just like started to wash him off and he was like ah, uh, blew his load like that's that that's the you know the part that makes the book so much better yeah. just like uh, you laugh your ass off on that oh yeah i mean there were some parts there that and i think one of the things that and i i've told a few people like um this and i think it's really true i think larry mcmurtry in particularly those books and in have you read the wayne uh was it wayne the wayne series books what was this yeah there was like a last picture show yeah the last was... picture show and then i've read all of the series except one i read uh rhino ranch yeah um he does such a good job it's kind of weird but i'm like damn he really knows men like yeah he is one but he captures it well in the book of how men think and act i'm like damn it's just it's so real and yeah he's an he was an incredible author he he just passed away here last year yeah i i I was really like i was kind of working up the courage to try to get a get in touch with that guy you know like there's not many people where i like i my my theory on on all of this kind of podcast and stuff is like the, the worst thing they can do is say no yeah uh, and, and it's, and it's worked pretty well for me, but I was like, man, Larry McMurtry, like that's one I'm going to have to, I, I kept thinking, I was like, I'm going to have to have my shit together. Like I'm going to have to go back and read Take some time. of it. And it turns out I ran out of time and I should have just like asked, yeah. uh, you know, reached out, but, um, they <clears throat> go for it. I mean, I don't think Joe Rogan reads all the books of the authors he has on. I promise you. No, that. no, I know he don't. But there's some like we're 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 like that like yeah. with uh, like I'd have to do some refresher courses if uh you know to talk to Larry McMurtry because I, I mean that's just uh man he's one of the best uh, of the last you know hundred years uh, he he's and uh, I've, I've I don't told, know just uh, incredible writer. There was uh, I forget. I forget her name, but um, we were, t- I was telling, talking about, uh, I think the Wayne's, uh, uh, well, like the last picture show, mm-hmm. and Ranch, and there was another one I read. I think I'm still haven't read one of the, one of the books, but I said there was like a, a psychologist or psychiatrist. And I was like, she was female and, and she was talking about men or whatever, how they think. I was like, you want to know how they think, read Larry McMurtry books. Cause right. it was a good job explaining how men think and this mm-hmm. the stupid stuff or why we do what we do and all this and i was like it's weird because when i read some of those books i'm like i do think like that don't i i would probably do that and especially in the wayne in the books mm-hmm. about wayne because it's more modern so you can relate a little bit more but i'm like son of a gun 
Well, and Cormac McCarthy too. I know I'm I'm yeah. like late late to the party on on Cormac McCarthy oh, and all the pretty horses. What, but uh, all the pretty horses, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's there's that whole series, and I I've just uh, I, I read uh, well I didn't even read it I just listened to it, but I have. Where's it? Yeah. Yeah, I have it. The Border Trilogy, All the Pretty Horses, The Crossing, and Cities of the Plain. And and I listened to All the Pretty Horses the other day, and like I said, I know I'm w- way late to the party, but that fucking fantastic novel, man. Yeah. It is it is uh, in- incredible. Um, but, and, and there's sometimes, like, especially with the way the world is, uh, is so, like, whirlwind nowadays, it's good to just, like, you know, whether you're putting up hay or riding pins or something, just... Yeah put on a good novel and uh <clears throat> and just take your mind out of or you know take your mind somewhere besides all the, the nastiness going on like oh, yeah. i i, I um, tell you what and and you know i like to listen to some political podcasts and actually on the drive up here from maine it's a 13 hour drive mm-hmm. for me to come up here um and i guess actually i guess no one actually knows what i'm talking about but Oh yeah, we were, we we're gonna bring that up, but anyway, yeah. So Dan's up in Maine. He's from West Virginia, but he's up yeah. in Maine. I'm up here visiting some family and doing some brief business stuff. But um, on the way up, I was listening, of course, to your pet podcast, catching up on what you were, you and Aaron have been talking. <laughs> which were, man, I forget the last episode. You had me laughing out loud in the car. I was just like. There's I so was hoping many- so. That one felt like a good one. Oh, man, it was hilarious. And I got to say, like, there was something satisfying about listening to that podcast driving through New, through New England where, you know. <laughs> and- a gash is a gash. That Aaron yeah. texted that to me that a couple was- different times. <laughs> that, when you were talking about that, I was like, what have, what have we come to? Just I, It was just time. like my god the the reasoning behind like trying to rationalize that jesus was trans like all right so i get like in in a weird way i get why they would do that now nowadays because yeah. that that's everything is trans now so i understand kind of where they're coming from but the the reasoning was because the spear wound was shaped like a vagina that made him trans and i'm like yeah, I just kept picturing that German, you know, stabbing the dude and, and saving Private Ryan. He's, you're a trans now. Yeah. It's just, it's, <laughs> I mean, I just, like, you have to be, like, on drugs to come up with that or something. Like, I don't know. And, like, not good drugs either. Not, yeah, not even good. It's not even clever, you know? I, it's just, uh, dumb, you know, so, like, going back to the novel deal, that, that one, I can't remember what, it was John, it was... John Armour was uh, was like a, a true crime novel. Um, I forget the other John, John Wood, Jonathan Woods. Now that one, I'm sure he was on some good weed when he when he was writing his uh, you know his like pig novel where where the the feral hogs you know that like became like humanoids like that. Yeah. That was interesting. Like that's some good drugs, but where where you're just like Jesus is trans because a knife wound looks kind of like a vagina. Yeah, I'm, I don't know about that, that's, that one. I mean, like that's 
that's a stretch to 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 be the most generous. Like that that's a stretch. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, and this is what I don't think happened enough. And it's like, um, I was telling my my aunt and uncle up here. I just we were talking about some stuff, and I was like, yeah. So now there's these kids in school systems that are called furries, and apparently they like have a litter box for these kids in some of these schools. Yeah. They're like, no, that doesn't happen. I was like, well, actually, I know of a school that has that now. And if they, that if you can watch the school board meeting of them discussing it. I'm like, that, and, and like, that is the moment where I don't believe I'm a not, I have the non-aggressionism principle. So Aaron can, you know, yeah, God, he would be a libertarian. But that's when you need to just slap the kid in the face and be like, yeah. shut up. Yeah, say, see that no, that's where like, like there's a there's a lot of the libertarian types that are like you know peaceful parenting like where you don't spank mm-hmm. your kids and but like no at some point like if you're if you got a 13 year old boy that calls his mom a bitch you backhand him right across the fucking mouth yeah. and you put him in his place and you end that shit right there yeah like, and like you, I got you, I got whipped by a belt you know from my dad yeah and, I mean I remember twice getting whipped by the belt. And I mean, I think the last time it was like, okay, well, this is now ineffective. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and that's when you start to move towards taking away stuff they like or grounding or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, these kids, I mean, they're like, what are they, like 14, 16 years old? And they just dress like a little freaking furry little animal thing. And then mm. they expect, I mean, what are we doing? We should, the problem is they should. This go make that kid dig a hole yeah it should have never been accommodated and it's like with a lot of this stuff in society it should have never been allowed it should have been mocked and ridiculed and when the mm-hmm. guy came to whatever professor if the professor had any sense saying yeah i think jesus was trans because of this wound he should have been like shut up like get out yeah. here like go smack yourself in the face go work at a convenience store like, yeah, and, and go feel bad for for a little while. Like you should yeah. feel bad about yourself for for at least a couple hours. You know, yeah. yeah. Like it doesn't have to be a lifelong thing, but there, go go think about how yeah. dumb that was. All right. Yeah, and I don't think there's enough of that going on. Where no, that's a stupid idea. Shut up and go home. You know. Yeah, like I I've always said, uh, you know, like and particularly my boy. I, I've said this since I was I don't know like like eighteen twenty years old. Yeah. Like what. When I have kids, like, and if my boy just like, for whatever, I'm at a point where like, I've lost, you know, like I've lost it with him. And I was like, you know, whatever I'm, you go dig a hole. And the next time I'm at that point, you go back out there and you fill that hole back in. Like you you just go dig a big ass hole. And then, then yeah, the next time you fuck up, you go, you go fill it back in and it's got to be perfectly level. You know, like you go, you be just like. You be as like nitpicky as you possibly can be about it. Yeah, and, just uh, like yeah, the, the, <coughs> the the hole has to be as deep as the shovel and as mm-hmm. wide as the shovel, like like in that movie Holes. In the holes, yeah, yeah, and yeah, just be like, yeah, that's what it has to be. And mm-hmm. then, uh, oh man, that would be boy. That, you would have. I bet you would have your kids taken away from you if someone found out about that. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. God, it was See, just and so ridiculous. 
I, I, and that's why I'll always live in a part of the world where yeah, there's, there's not enough, there's not enough people around. Yeah. And, uh, and if, if the neighbors hear it, they'll be like, Hey, Hey, you listen up, you little fuck. Next time you, uh, you mess up, I'm sending you down to McKinley's house. He's going to make yeah. you dig a hole. <laughs> what. I mean, there is some hope. I remember, um, so my, my older sister was a math, is a math teacher, was a math teacher. She's a stay at home mom now with a bunch of kids, but she, um, there was a kid that lived up down the road from us and his, uh, his dad was a Marine mm-hmm. and Mary Beth had him in school. And, uh, I guess I forget exactly what happened, but he, he acted up or didn't do his homework or anything. And man, his dad, I mean, made him come up and like apologize he lost like his driving privileges. He had to <laughs> bus. He got busted, and his dad made him do like dig fence posts for like a month, and just <clears throat> I mean, it was just good uh, man. That good and, man. It, and it was something. Honestly, it was something like he had made a joke in Mary Beth's class, and it wasn't even like that bad. My sister was like, "Yeah, it wasn't even that bad. He's a good kid compared to most kids." But and his dad was not having it at all, especially with my sister, and so. You know, you every now and then you see a little bit of that, and you're like, okay, thank goodness, maybe there's still a few good parents out there. Yeah, no, no shit. Yeah, there's every now and then you see that, and that's it's it's always it's always a welcome sight. Um, yeah. And so like, and and I noticed that, like, and I I try not to be too strict on my kids, especially they're both really young, but yeah, I make sure they say yes, yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am. And yeah. and they're respectful because I, I, that just goes so far. Like it does. There's so many of these kids nowadays. I'm just like, man, if somebody would have just smacked them across the head when they were being <laughs> yeah. rude, it would have. Or or like, I, I don't because I don't. I'm not big into beating your kids, but there's got to be some sort of like physical like discomfort. And so like I when they're they're young and still I like I'll flick them right in the middle of the forehead, just like. Yeah. That ain't, you know, so it, it's, I guess it's better than, you know, spanking them, but yeah. they still, like, they get a little, oh, shit, that hurt. Yeah, and, I don't uh, have any kids, <laughs> so I don't really know yet, um, but uh, I, I, you know, I, I figure it worked out, it seemed to work out pretty well for me, uh, mm-hmm. getting whipped every now and then when I did some really bad things. I mean, there's a couple times I was disrespectful, and I, and I got in trouble, I got grounded and had to go and apologize Mm. and you know and that's that's sometimes worse than even getting physical pain is having to go and apologize but oh yeah i'd way rather there's a lot of times where i'd i'd way rather get the shit kicked out of me than admit i was wrong about something you know since we're on kids actually i have a funny story so um we actually do have i've got two high school boys that are really good got really good kids um and honestly, one's a better mechanic than probably I'll ever be. And uh, he did break my baler this year after I told him to not go over this one windrow. But, you know, it was the mm-hmm. last tail of the season, so I'm forgiving him. But uh, he, uh, they're really, they've really helped us out a ton. And we pay him pretty good for high school kids that age. And, yeah. Um, but then there was this other kid that unrelated, not friends with these other two boys, and he was weed eating one day and we had him weed eat around this one pond 
and he and his buddy took a total of 12 hours to do the smallest pound we have on the farm. And so Ugh. I was just like, what happened? So he was down at the barn and he was working. I think my dad had him there doing something. I was like, and I told him, I was like, hey, I was like, uh, I just wanted to make sure I understood this correctly. It took you and the other kid 12 hours to weed eat around that pond. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said like, no, 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 no. It took us each six hours. I was like, okay, so yeah, 12 hours total, right? And then he like started to get like kind of, uh, I could tell he was like, he started to get short with me. Mm. And I, he was like, I think he's six, he's 16. And I was just like, well, you know, I, it's, it seemed like it took a pretty long time. And the reason I had seen them work before and they were just goofing off most of the time and stuff. So that's why I was kind of approaching and I kind of wanted him to be like, own up a little bit to it. And he was, uh, he, he's, he said, well, I work for your dad or something. I was like, and I, that's when I lost it because I was like, no, no, you, I don't think you understand. My dad and I are partners in this. We both got financial stakes in this thing. And yeah. for the most part, I run it. And for him to say that uh, really pissed me off. And so I told him, this is all what I told him. I told him, I said, well, if you're charging us 1750, which by the way, we don't usually pay that. But if you're charging yeah. 1750 to weed eat an hour, you better work your ass off here, son. And that's all I said to him. Well, he went home and told his parents. I don't even know what he told his parents. But his dad was like, well, I need to come up and talk to you. And I said, you come on up. So he came on up. And I was like, he was talking. He said, so, like, you know, he told me that you cussed at him and stuff. I said, yeah. I told him for 1750 you better work his ass off on this farm. And uh, he said, well, do you think you can talk like to a kid like that? And I said, well, I can talk to a worker that works for me like that. And well, yeah. um, he said, well, you think you can just bully kids around? I said, let me tell you something. Your son was running his mouth off to me. And that's all I told him. He's lucky that's all that I told him. And I was like, he don't work here no more. And he won't ever work here again. And he said, well, that's fine. I wouldn't have him work here. You need to come to me when you have a problem with my son. I said, so what? Anytime he's doing anything, I need to call you up. Like, And it's just crazy because immediately these parents were like, Oh, you're bullying uh, my son because my what your son was being a smart ass to his boss. And yeah. uh, anyhow, it was just one of these stories that was just I just couldn't believe it that, you know, just for saying that I was in all kinds of trouble. I was like, man, I got a lot worse told to me when I was that age. So like he got off easy and I didn't even say anything after that. But, you know, it's hard to find these kids, man. They just. I don't even know what to think of them. Like uh, and the the worst part is, is like they got there somehow. It, it ain't like it's know. not it's not really their their fault even, even though they're they are the ones being the jackass. <laughs> it's still you're just like, well, he where, where where the fuck are your parents on this deal? You know, I don't know. He'd been treated with kids glo gloves, and I mean. I didn't really like him working. I had talked, we had talked, dad and I had talked about not having him come around because I was like, look, he, he doesn't, he's not worth the money and you know, he doesn't. But, mm. uh, and then it was funny because um, the, you know, the other two boys that work for me on the farm a lot, we get along great, you know, 
um, and we goof off and joke and, you know, they're, they're, they're hilarious. Uh, we've done some YouTube videos together and they just have me rolling laughing all the time. But uh, I guess his parent, this guy, this kid's parents were down at like this little local convenience store. We're telling the convenience store owner about like how I had bullied their son or something. And then those two boys were down there and the convenience store owner was talking about it. I guess uh, the two workers went down there. My two, the two boys that worked for us were down there and were like, no, no, he deserved every bit. Of it. We can't stand him either. So, I mean, it's just funny, um, you know, having these high school boys work for you and you look at how the two boys that act really well and their parents and how they were raised and uh, versus other kids. But anyhow, I don't even know why I went down that road, but it just got me thinking about kids uh, you know, it's, it's fine. I, I, I get the same, you know, even when I was in college, uh, when I, when I had that job, uh, poison and prairie dogs, like the bulk of your job was shoving newspaper down a hole, mm -hmm. filling that hole in with dirt and tamping it down tight. So yeah. it kept all the gas in there that killed the prairie dogs. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was the most menial, unskilled manual labor you could think of. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was like, you're going to pay me at the time. It was, I think it started at $12 an hour. And if you made it one pay period, so two weeks, if you made it two weeks, he'd bump you up to 14 an hour. Mm -hmm. And by the time I was done, I was making like $18 an hour in college. I was like, fucking That's pretty awesome. Good. Yeah. And I don't have to know anything more than like put poison in every single hole fill in the, that hole with dirt and tamp it tight. That's all I had to know. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, it saved me from probably reaching 250 pounds in college because yeah. uh, there was a plenty of jobs behind a computer or, or you know, like fast food shit. But I always went to, like, the, the rural agricultural type labor. And honestly, like, I, I probably would have been massive in college. I got, I got pretty fat as it was in the in the winter, but... Like I could always know that like when, once it started warming up, I could go run a shovel for 12, 14 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, then I, I'd be back at my fight and might come the end of, you know, in the summer. Yeah. Well, I did something similar. I worked one summer for the state road in our mm -hmm. local county and we had, they had a lot, they have a lot of tar and chip roads. I don't know if you're familiar with that, what that is, but yeah, kind of a little bit. Gravel, loose this finer fine gravel. It doesn't work worth a crap. It'd be better if they just graded it dirt road and dumped gravel on it, but whatever. Um, and the first day we went out and they had one of those, uh, I, I, think, I guess, I can't remember how many ton dump truck it was, but I think it was a 20 ton dump truck filled with gravel. And it was me and another boy in college or freshman year, and we had to shovel that whole thing out to patch holes that day. And mm. I tell you what, I mean, I was in shape, but I wasn't in shoveling <laughs> out 10 tons of gravel in shape. Mm. And yeah. the next day I got up and, you know, we had to be there at like 5 a.m. or whatever. And I was like, I got up and I was like, son of a bitch, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this job. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm in bad, bad shape. And And then they were assigning the jobs. And luckily that day I was on the paving crew, which was... I was hurting, but I got through it. I was like, man, I don't, I still don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to tell anyone because I was ashamed. I was like, all these other guys still showed up. So I better 
I mean, I didn't have to shovel out 10 tons of gravel today. I think we did two, two dump truck loads. So it may have been more than that. I can't remember exactly, but I made it through the first week and then I like was sore over the weekend and then I was never sore again. And yeah. we just, you know, if I needed to shovel out the whole dump truck myself, I'd go at it. And, mm. and I wanted to prove to all the guys, you know, cause they were really, you know, you had the permanent workers there and they loved giving the college boys just all kinds of shit. Like they oh, would, yeah. they would, uh, we would have to pick up dead deer cause there's just deer just get hit all the time in West Virginia. Dude, I, I've hit two in the last month. What? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're getting out of hand. Like it's. My dad, he's like, I don't know if he's trying to hit him, but he's hit seven in five years. He totally, oh, I mean, he, I just, I'm like, what are you doing? But anyhow, um, but we, oh, I, I was so mad. Like the other one was yeah. just uh Saturday morning, like, and, and like hit it hard enough. It deployed all, it was in the work pick and deployed all the fucking airbags <laughs> and everything. Oh, um, but like, and, and really the only thing truly wrong with it is like the, it's, it's leaking yeah. a little bit of antifreeze now. So like it's, <laughs> but I'm just like, I was so fucking pissed. Cause it was like at this, I was like five 30 in the morning dark and the road bends just slightly to the right and dips right there mm -hmm. and this this doe was like laying in the mm -hmm. in the road and i didn't see her until like she stood up and then i was like yeah. by that point i was on i was like oh son of a bitch boom just like <laughs> you know and then his airbags and oh, i don't man. know if you ever had the airbags go off on you that's fucking no, startling not not the airbags but i one time hit a turkey uh, going about <laughs> miles an hour, riding the windshield, and mm. uh, its beak like was like it, the glass didn't completely break, but its like beak was sticking into the. <laughs> I mean, when I hit that thing, it flew up from like the guardrail, and I couldn't see it. And when it was coming right at me at the windshield, I was like, kind of like getting down. Because, <laughs> but of course, it didn't go through the windshield. But I was just, it, boy, that was scary. But what they used to do with us on the state road is, uh, when we have to pick up dead deer. They would always wait. They'd wait and let them rot and get really ripe. And oh, they'd just and get them real nice. Huh? And so <laughs> you were supposed to, I mean, the county driving from one end to the county, one end to the other is maybe like 50 minutes on these back roads and stuff, or maybe mm -hmm. an hour. it's not like big out like Nevada, but it's also curvy country dirt road. And yeah, so, you're, it's Appalachian. So yeah. And so what we, instead of taking the deer to this one dump site where you had to put lime over them, we would just find, you know, some big holler, you know, some steep hill, one, two, three, chuck it over the hill. <laughs> right. Well, uh, my buddies, they, and the rule was don't get caught. That was the boss's rule of the manager of the state road is like, if you throw it over the hill, you can do that, but don't get caught. Because you're not supposed to. Isn't that like the entire story of West Virginia? Like since yeah. it became a state, it's just like, like right after it became a state, like all the logging uh, conglomerates and the and the and the mining conglomerates, yeah. they they show up and they're just like, ah, is it legal? Nah, not really. But if you, if, if you hide it well enough and uh, you keep your workers in line well enough, you know, like uh, it. It'll work. <laughs> well, what they did with this one deer, my buddies that were working with me on the state road, they went out. They had to go get it. Well, uh, the state road played a trick on them. They called. They called up 
to the state troop. I was near the state trooper headquarters in in the mm-hmm. county, and they had the state troopers go out there and take hacksaws and cut off the legs, so you couldn't grab. It was a really rotten foul deer, and you couldn't grab the legs to pick it up. You had to like get in there oh. and like really grab oh, it. Oh, that's that's it, a dirty move. Oh, but it got better. They loaded that up on the back of like the little of the truck. You know, they had like a little deer rack there mm. and they of course found a holler and they're like well let's just chuck it over the hill here you know like god this is so nasty i've got like maggots and all this crap it's oh yeah bummer. it's nasty so they get this deer off and they're trying to get chuck it over the hill and the person who owns that land drives by right when they're chucking it over the hill oh and no it goes down this steep ravine <laughs> rolling and the owner made them go get that deer and carry that back up the hill (laughs) and i mean those boys came in and they had blood and just shit all over it was so nasty but that was a hell of a prank to cut those legs off i mean oh that's uh, yeah that's dirty pool but that (laughs) oh that's gross oh man i was so glad i was so thankful that i did not get that call and that was not me I would have put on the Tyrex, dude. I don't care. It would have been terrible. You know, there it was uh, company policy when I worked for, uh, well, they're just Five Rivers now. They were Five Rivers feeders, and then they were JBS Five Rivers, and then JBS turns out it's a little bit uh, corrupt. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they now they're Five Rivers again. But when I was working there at, at uh, Grant County, yeah. There was a stretch where, where our uh, our normal uh, guy that guy that ran the dead wagon was on vacation, so I had to oh I had to do that, and it was policy that everything got necropsied, everything, even if it was an obvious you know mm-hmm. bloat, and and this was middle of July, and there was a couple of those you know I'd, I'd stick the knife in them to let the yeah. let the gas down, and you're just like nope nope that's a bloat I don't give a fuck I'm or or you yeah. just like. <clears throat> they uh like if you put it down as decomposed that that went as a uh they 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 interpreted it as you didn't call it in the day before and so then they gave it uh as a, a missed opportunity on your like on your 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 uh you know report card or whatever you you want to call it and, ugh, yeah I, oh, yeah that that's a, that is a nasty job uh it's not so bad in in the fall and the winter and the spring, but yeah. man, you get in the dog days of summer. And, yeah, mm. it's, it's it is nasty, but I mean, it's I mean, having a meat packing plant in the summer with the, you know the gut truck and stuff when it comes in, it is it is nasty to see that gut truck <laughs> roll in. And, but you know, it's it's I've kind of gotten used to it a little bit more, uh, but you know, most of our like the guts and stuff at a meat packing plant you keep in a cooled environment so you don't have maggots yeah nastiness but we still dispose of the hides um Mm -hmm. i mean you used to be able to sell the hides and this is i i would love we like we need to do research on this i know you and i are kind of the same type of what as you say autistic yeah since there's all this like faux leather you know fake leather in cars and it's it's being pushed i think I don't know for a fact, but there's got to be way less demand for leather. And so, you know, we used to be able to sell hides for $25 a hide. And mm-hmm. now I pay to just have them disposed of because it's not worth 
buying cow hides at our meat packing plant because we're just small time. And hmm. it's like, think about that. It's like, this just goes to a landfill. And I mean, okay, cow hide is going to decompose or whatever, but it's waste management that picks it up. So, you know, it's just going to a landfill. Yeah. And when, if I don't know if it's more economical to produce faux leather or environmentally what it is or what what the deal is but it seems like that's a big waste it does seem like a big waste and i want to know did is faux leather actually worse for the environment than tanning a cowhide because if it is people if you want to be environmentally friendly real leather because we aren't eating yeah. less beef we're eating more beef as americans right so, well and if you go like all the way back to the old way of tanning hides, mm-hmm. all you need is the brain of that animal. Yeah. And mix it with some water. And, and they, like, that's how the Indians like, yeah, had, have tanned hides forever. Man, I watched some YouTube videos on that though. And that looks like a day's work. I, I'm sure it is. But like, if you want to break it down to the, the, yeah. like the most eco friendly deal, yeah. like Absolutely. that's all you need. You don't need like some salt and, and the brain. That's that's literally it. Salt, water, and the brain. And I, I have heard that a brain tan buffalo robe is the best. Like it's super, if you really work it right, the brain tanning, it makes it really soft and malleable and it's not like a stiff hide. Mm-hmm. Um, at least from my research, I've never done, tried it myself. Maybe I would try it at some point. Uh, but it, it looks, the hides that these people did were awesome. I mean, they yeah. were amazing. Probably the I, fact that they're really skilled too, but yeah, probably. And yeah, like I'm, I'm sure, sure something like that's going to cost you so much money because it's like yeah, very exactly. intensive. Um, but uh, anyway, how, how is the, the pack and plant going? Like, um, like um, you kind of just were up and running when, when we, yeah. we talked the first time. So we bought it, I bought it in 2021, uh, February, mm-hmm. 2021. And, um, it's been going pretty good. I mean, uh, for, you know, it was an old plant. So equipment, fix equipment's breaking all the time. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. an intensive, uh, you know, industry. You have to have a lot of, and it's an expensive one, you know, that's the one like constant universal truth of equipment is it will break down. Yeah, now it's amazing. A lot of this equipment is from the 70s, mm-hmm. but it's German-made. And I mean, man, the Germans know how to make good shit. You know, I like we were saying uh, on the last Fence Post Politics, mm-hmm. like, say what you will about fascism, but it's pretty it's pretty efficient for a little while until it goes off the rails. Yeah. But there for a minute, it's... Good shit. Yeah. There for a minute, it's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, so we have these Hollymatic grinders and um they they're from the 70s man and they run like champs but you know hoists are always breaking Mm. just electrical stuff um and so we've gotten to a point where we most equipment we have a backup piece of equipment so production Mm. won't stop because before my rule was if we're shut down for two hours trying to fix some of the thing i'm gonna send everyone home pack up yeah and we'll pick up the next day because uh, we've only got like about 18 employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've gotten to the point where we have a lot of equipment that is backed up. So if something goes down, we roll roll the spare out. 
Um, we, uh, I think we've really turned around the reviews. I, we're running number two in the state and producing uh, in poundage of meat right now. Um, and, uh, but we're, we're working on, we're, I'm, I'm trying to continually improve it because a lot of our business is just local farmers selling their beef. Mm-hmm. And so we're improving, you know, all our meat is vacuum sealed. Our grind is still in tubes, but I'm going to get to a bulker where it comes in the nice brick that's vacuum sealed. Oh, yeah. Like a really nice color label if you want to pay the money for one. So if you're selling commercial, you can have a really good looking product. So we're doing stuff like that to justify a little bit more premium pricing. And yeah, I mean, it's I think we're killing right now. It's our peak times because, you know, every traditionally everyone wants to slaughter in the the fall and winter and early spring. And I yep. think we're probably killing, I don't know, we probably kill about what I call 40 beef equivalent a week. So mm. it's um, two and a half hogs is worth one beef in my world. So yeah, uh, yeah, we do about 40 beef equivalent a week or so. And we, you know, we let them all hang. One of the differences is we, we it's a 10 day minimum hang. Now there's some junk beef that comes through that we have to cut at 10 days because, you know, yeah, it, it, we have hogs that hang more than the carcass of the beef uh, on occasion. But uh, you know, I think we've, I think it's going pretty well, and I got a good supervisor now, so um, good. We're just doing some reinvestments in the plan. I I think we'll have uh, we're looking at doing 300,000 patties for the school system over the summer this coming year. So. Nice. Yeah, we're just keep trying to grow it. Awesome. And what what uh what are you guys slaughtering? Just just hog and and and, and beef? Well, we do we <laughs> we do my uh, bison, of course. Oh, right, uh, right, right. I forgot about the bison. Yeah, like and we do obviously cat, we do cattle, we do hogs, we do sheep and goats. Uh, we did three alpacas last year. And we now no longer do alpacas because, um, <laughs> first of all, they skin really hard. Everyone hates skinning alpacas at the plants. And when my my two main butchers and guys that skin uh, are like, we hate doing this. I was like, well, we only do three a year. So guess what? I'm going to ban it now. We don't yeah. do alpacas anymore. And like, oftentimes what it is, is it's like this, a pet alpaca of someone and they don't know what to do it with it and they want it to be dog food. And we don't only make a little bit of money off that. I was like, this ain't worth it. So, yeah. But the guys at the plant, they're like, alpaca tastes like ketchup because after you have the first bite, you'll just drown it in ketchup. It tastes like crap. So we, huh. we, we got away from the alpacas. See, I. Yeah, there there was that one guy that I had on that, that who did the mobile butcher deal, and he was talking about alpacas up in I was like Oregon. Yeah, it was. Is that was a thing? People... people like alpaca meat up in Oregon. <laughs> well, n- no. From what it sounded like, is they were uh, they were selling them as like breeding stock for a long time, yeah. and then the alpaca market fell out, and <laughs> they had nowhere to go with them, so they just yeah butchered them. Well, but uh, that's yeah, kind of what happens is people yeah have these alpacas and then like a lady who wanted us to kill eight of them that i turned down recently her husband had died and Mm. she's like and i got all these alpacas i don't know what to do with it but you get all kinds of calls i mean we had a lady wanting to bring a cow in that had a breach a failed 
uh, it was a breech birth, and I can't remember the exact details. I think it was like the cow was doing fine, but they hadn't pulled the calf or something, and she wanted to kill oh. it. I was like, ma'am, we're not doing that. You need to either, you're going to have to take care of that yourself, get somebody who can pull that or whatever, and then if you want to go ahead and call that cow, you can we'll, we'll let you bring it in, but we're not going to have a cow in our knockbox with a calf halfway out. You know, I mean, that's that's like some Upton Sinclair, you know, the jungle shit. Like, like that's, that's exactly what I don't want anyone to see at our plans. Right. Well, honestly, that's that's shit that they that Upton Sinclair talked about in his, you know, in the jungle like that. And that was that was the novel. I mean, and like remember, it was a novel. It was based on true story, but it was also from a socialist union organizer oh, who. Yeah was uh it was a propaganda piece but like there was a lot of truth to it yeah um but that that's what like led to to a lot of the the food safety regulations which in their truest form are probably a good idea but when when you have the you know when you have the government well uh, let me give you an example because we actually did and i'll just tell this story uh, because i think it goes to the, probably the right people that understand but you know we did get shut down one day last year, mm -hmm. um, which was over some BS. Uh, what happened was, so we have a regular inspector that comes to our plant. It's the same guy every day. And, you know. And it's US, in, USDA inspector, right? Actually, we're, we, we're state inspected. Oh, okay. We, so we you just. But, but USDA comes into our plant to make sure the state is meeting or exceeding all requirements of the USDA. So we actually had a USDA, we, sometimes we have USDA inspectors that come and just check, check and make sure the West Virginia inspectors are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, but our West Virginia inspector, it's great, right? Most of the time, these are kind of, a lot of the West Virginia meat and poultry department are kind of like redneck guys. So they kind of are under more understanding. They're not out to get right. you, you know. And I'll say the West Virginia DA has been great. <laughs> there is one individual though who is a vet, and he sometimes he came to our plant, and um, he was he always looks to write you up for something. Usually he wants something minor, and it's like okay, whatever. He's trying to justify his job. Yeah. Well, he was there, and we had shot. Now, Leon, who shoots the beef, we still shoot him with guns at our plant. Okay. Uh, shot this cow with a twenty-two mag. Leon's done this since he was 16, and he's 72. <laughs> okay. He's he he killed, knows what he's doing. He's probably killed 100,000 animals at least, um, by my calculation. I, I actually sat down one day and like kind of messed. I was like, how many animals? Yeah, see, this is why we're friends, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, that, that is it's, autistic it's, as it's fuck. probably more than 100,000. Um, but he, I know he's killed like at least, uh, I think it was like 4,000 since the re we I, the records that I have of the plant. So, um, but he, he put, he killed this thing. It dropped in the knock box. We opened up the knock box and, uh, they, they hoisted it up, and they stuck it to bleed it out, and it was bleeding out. It had almost filled up a whole, you know, or partially filled up the, you know, the, the plastic barrel that we have to put the mm -hmm. ball in. And this inspector 
had he wasn't even on the kill floor he was in the break room and he had a, he stuck his head out and then he said now mind you the kill floor is noisy there's hoist room yeah. there's you know it's just noisy it's metal there's you know it reverberates yeah. <laughs> um and there's saws running splitting saws and so um this guy said he heard this steer do a verbalization or make a vocalization vocalization Man. and i was like i have it on camera and everything i was like dude how how did it make a vocalization this thing had almost bled out and it had a bullet through its head and he's like well i heard it well he wanted to get us on a minor thing but that turns out that if that's the case and it's already out of the knockbox, it's an egregious kill it's an egregious act so you have to be shut down now whose mm. cattle do you think we had left to kill that day we had the uh, deputy commissioner of agriculture of the state's cattle behind that beef. That went oh. down. Now, luckily, he's a phone call. He's a cell phone call away for us. So, um, and uh, so anyhow, we were shut down, and they put this little string on our big steel knockbox, and it had a tag, and we couldn't kill anything. So we had to write up a report, and I refused to admit any guilt. And I had video footage, and I don't think mm. the, this guy knew that. So I picked apart his report of all the lies and the times and submitted mm -hmm. that. I was like, I made him out. Like, like look, I have video timestamps. This guy's full of it. I was like, the animal was almost bled out when he said he heard the vocalization. What he probably heard was gas release, as you know, mm. or uh, just made it up. And yeah. um Anyhow, we were back and running the next day, but we had to have an official West Virginia DA uh, employee come out. And so it was a Friday and they're hard, hard to come by on Friday. So actually the deputy commissioner came out and he, he was like, I, you've got to be effing kidding me that I have to cut this string off your knockbox in order for you to operate. Why couldn't you do it? And I said, we were just like, listen, this is your department, man. This is what yeah. you do. But he was really good about it. I mean, he was understanding and he was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. But, um, you know, it's stuff like that. That's like I had that cost me quite a bit of money in just oh, yeah. time and crap. And then you look at these big plants where if something happens like that. What if they shut the plant down that feeds New York City for a day? Mm -hmm. you, you can bet that the New York... I don't give a crap about New York, but you can bet that the people would be calling up that plan in Pennsylvania and being like, you better open that governor's orders. Like, you know, they oh, yeah. their beef coming into New York City and feed these people. So when it comes to us, it's like we don't have any pull, but these bigger plans, if they commit an egregious act, it's like, ah, we'll pay you five grand, move on. Ten grand, whatever. Yeah. dollars probably wouldn't even care. So. Yeah. No I mean, well, shit, you look at that Easter Day deal. Mm -hmm. He he invoiced him for $265 million of cattle, which oh. most of them didn't even exist. I love that. That is that has just had me rolling. I know, and, like, I'm kind of rooting they for the guy. You hire me. Listen, I'm a financial guy, my background, and I was like, I don't know how. They must have terrible what we call accounting controls there to allow oh. that to happen. I mean, just incredibly bad. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. 
like that getting in trouble for that I, i'd love to know who i'd love to see oh <laughs> my word like like somebody was just snoozing for years on end God, 250 million i wonder how much he's doing <laughs> a year though i mean in all honesty if he was only running maybe like an extra 250 million though you have must be doing like gosh you got to be doing several million a year or well, five, ten. Let's see what. Two hundred mil. So you're you're looking at what? Say three thousand bucks for for uh, a fat steer. Yeah, maybe. Um, that's kind of high. I w- maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, know. I would think probably good. Well, it depends. I don't know. They hard to say what they're buying them for. But yeah, well, and and they were. I mean, he had he had feedlot, a couple different feedlots. So I mean, he I mean he was he was moving some cattle for sure. Okay, so I mean that probably makes sense that he could have run slipped that through, but still, still that's a lot of money. money. And I mean, over what course of time? I mean, if it was over like ten years, okay. Um, it was like uh, it was like eight eight years or so, but like it, it was. Yeah, but it like it was just like the more money he lost in the commodity yeah. market, the uh, the yeah. more money he had to invoice oh, him for. <laughs> I mean, and I don't know. It just it's one of those things where like, yeah, he probably deserves to be in prison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he probably does. But oh. yeah. I, uh, you I, you kind of have to it, chuckle a little bit at that. It couldn't have happened to a better company, you yeah, know. Exactly. <laughs> Couldn't have happened to a better victim. Well, I mean, I mean, the thing about it is, is the plant that I bought used to be the beef provider for, I think Leon told me four grocery stores. And, um, you know, now it's pretty much mostly custom and then commercial for a lot of farmers that do sell direct to consumer or whatever. But, and of course for me, it's all commercial great. I mean, we actually inspect everything commercially, but, Mm-hmm. So that way we can put the beef carcasses right next to each other and we don't have to space them out for custom and commercial. But um, so we kill everything under commercial inspection. But um, yeah, I mean, you think about that. It used to provide to like the meat for four grocery stores locally. And, you know, they had a buyer that would go out and just buy the cattle at mm-hmm. these um, sales and everything. And we still, I still have kind of, they're not really employed by me or anything, but I have two guys that are kind of buyers for me and I can tell them I usually buy, have them get hogs for me. Um, Mm -hmm. and the cattle, I have farmers that I, I trust and I just call up now and I can have them try to bring in a fat steer or something, but you know, it's, it's, it's hard to get good quality, consistent cattle. And, you know, for me, I'm looking at carcass. I want it to, be under 30 months of age so you don't have to cut the backbone out for mad cow because then mm, yeah the backbone out it just fucks up your porterhouses and t-bones yep and i want it so i want it to be under 30 months you know i want it to hang ideally it's great if it can hang 800 pounds or a little bit more but if it hangs if it hangs 800 and it's really wasty and just super fat then that's not good either for me. So, so yeah, that'd be like a Jersey carcass or something yeah. like that. You yeah. Know, I, I mean, guess. I, I like it to be and and then a lot of the beef, we are selling them as custom beef or a half beef to so-and-so. And the thing I've learned is women prefer leaner ground. If mm-hmm. women get lean ground, they're happy. 
Uh, and if the men get good steaks, they're happy, but it's hard to get both. So yeah. we make our customers, if they are going, like we really encourage them to not grind the ribs because that adds 10% fat on your ground. So, oh, yeah. but you know, it, we have a couple guys that can re- always deliver that carcass in and out, you know, every time they come, it's like spot on. And then sometimes it's a little disappointing and then other times it's, you get lucky, but, uh, so i mean i do kind of understand where where some of these big meat packers are like try to be so particular and everything as you probably know i mean it's oh yeah well i mean it's when you're running that that many head through Mm -hmm. you know like that i mean you kind of like you know when you're when you're moving five thousand head a day like that that chain's got to be moving all the time oh yeah like that that's i mean you you're you're looking at 800 employees uh yeah you know total so i mean like any any shift you're looking at 250 to 300 uh minimum and like and everybody's got a fucking job like it's all it's all assembly line shit so like you know it it is it's one of those things like you got especially in a country this size uh and as much beef as we eat you've gotta have you've gotta have that those big packer plants um yeah but they can't have the power that they have now. You know, like that's the thing is they, they've got so in, in bed with the government and this kind of lead into one of like the big, you know, kind of news stories that we haven't really covered on, on fence post politics yet, but I want to kind of hear your thoughts on it. But, um, you know, the only, only Republican, uh, politician that was listed as being, as getting money from that FTX Sandbank Ben freed deal was, uh, uh, boozer out of Arkansas, who's also like hey, hip, po- hip pocket with Tyson. Yeah. 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 Uh, what's your thoughts on that whole deal? So I guess, I mean, for, yeah. for everybody well, that doesn't know FTX was like yeah. a crypto exchange platform. Yeah. So I mean, you- essentially, yeah. FTX wasn't, it isn't considered an exchange and it's like a New York, the New York stock exchange but mm-hmm. really different in the set or a currency exchange or whatever, but it's really different in the sense that, you know, it's, there's a couple different things I would say that makes it unique. For one, it was a private company, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't traded on the exchange or on the stock market. So I don't it think so. I don't, I don't believe so. Base is. So Coinbase is another exchange and it's traded on the stock market. And so they're actually Um, cash app, same way cash app. They, they only do Bitcoin. um, Is they actually are regulated by the securities exchange commission. So that Mm -hmm. does mean that they have to have a regular financial audit. So I used to be a financial auditor for public accounting and we went into various companies i mainly did hospitals um you know you go in there and you make sure that they're doing the right thing and it goes through compliance to hr to all the Mm -hmm. way to like making sure their finances are squeaky clean ftx was private company so they didn't have any of that but it seems to me and i i did not really know much about ftx until this whole thing blew up i actually have used coinbase to buy bitcoin Mm -hmm. um but you know 
they weren't really under the regulation of the Securities and Exchange Commission as far as I know, because they weren't a publicly traded company. They probably had to have some sort of, I don't know if anyone was really regulating them or looking into them. And I'm against regulations, kind of. But yeah, I do think that it's public accounting when you do. And by the way, public accounting firms are actually privately owned. So it's, it's a little misleading. But I did was oftentimes private companies required a financial audit so their creditors could feel good about their loans outstanding with that mm -hmm. company. And so I do think that I, uh, there's a couple different things that really were crazy to hear. So that, what is it? That Chamath guy who's a big rich pundit now financial, like he was early in on Google or something. Well, mm -hmm. I guess they had Sam Bankman fried who was the founder of, of FTX, yeah. Had asked this Chamath guy, was like, hey, do you have recommendations? Can you give me some recommendations? And he, this, this, it just blows my mind. He said, yeah, you should have a board of directors. So that way the board of directors is kind of representative of the stakeholders or shareholders of the companies and they oversee management to make sure management isn't doing shady shit or supposed to. Yeah. Well, Sam Bankman Freed told Chamath, I think the quote was, fuck off. Yeah, it's something along like literally said or something like that. Yeah, and it was, was it was like, either fuck off or go fuck yourself. One of the yeah, two. Yeah, go fuck yourself. And is what he said. And um I was like, yeah, that was a red flag. And like a huge red flag. But this thing, I mean, you've got to ask yourself. I mean, Sam Bankman-Fried does not look like particularly charismatic and no. what I heard is he's not and his girlfriend, like in an interview, was talking about, you know, not putting stop losses on their investments, which that's like when you're an investor. And I used to do some like options trading and some different things like that. You if you heard somebody say that and you actually are in finance, you're like this broad doesn't know what the F she's talking about. Like, get away, run away. And yeah. So there were signs out there and I didn't, like I said, I didn't never had looked into FTX until I, this whole thing blew up. I kind of heard of them a little bit, but I didn't really. Yeah. Same here. Like, cause I, I try to like kind of somewhat be halfway informed. I, not even that, like I, I, I'm, I have interest in the crypto deal, Yeah. but I, I'm still just. I'm not sure how what what gives it any actual value. That's the thing for me is like I don't know what gives it value. Yeah, so and, a lot of my I'm kind of the same way and I you know, I was a finance, accounting and risk management insurance major in college and I'm also I'm also a CPA so I'm not given legal no, advice. Did you go to West Virginia or where did you go to school at? I went to Marshall University, so down okay. in right there by near Kentucky. We are Yes, that's it. Uh, okay. And, and so we, um, and so like my bud, a lot of my buddies are in finance, and one of them's a bank regulator, and one of them's, uh, you know, works in banking, and we were, we've talked a lot about this, and um, 
you know, my, my bank regulator friends like, well, we just need regulations, more regulations. I'm like, yeah, but we always just regulate for something that happened in the past and then there'll mm-hmm. be something new. And so I don't know what the real answer is, but I would say this, and I am invested in crypto on Coinbase. Mm. Um, I don't invest much. Like if I lost all my investment, I wouldn't even think much about it. Um, Yeah. And my thing is like, don't invest heavily in stuff you don't know about. Right. And I think a lot of people, I knew some people who had quit their jobs and were just trading currency and i guess i don't know but but coinbase it's not like you're doing like day trading on it no it was my understanding like people were straight up kind of like what i would consider like day trading on it yeah and they were highly levered um meaning they had borrowed money to trade it and i think those people are got really burned and could be in for some you know, trouble themselves just for, you know, having to pay off their margin call and stuff. Yeah. Your money. And I feel bad. Well, and they were like written into their user agreement is like the, the investors in FTX. So like they weren't investing in the the company itself, but they were investing on the platform. Yeah. Like part of the user agreement is that could not be borrowed against, mm-hmm. and they went ahead and borrow or they they loaned it out to a yeah. a hedge fund. That's the big. That's the biggest. Anyone who tell any like any exchange, you cannot take exchange money, which is not your money. Mm-hmm. It's not even like they were borrowing against it. They were just literally, as far as I I, I can tell, which. And what's been reported is they were taking users' money and then giving it to Alameda, which was yeah. also Sam Bankman Fried's hedge fund, but was run by his like drugged up and amphetamine addicted polyamorous woman. girlfriend. And she what is dumb, dumb. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe she's just so drugged up, she's like that dumb, but I mean her dad what is the head of economics at MIT? I mean, this thing reeks. Like, my thing is like, okay, Sam Bankman Freed, I just don't, I'm not convinced he could pull this off alone. Yeah. This, this is like charismatic what? enough. He doesn't seem connected enough, him personally, himself, to pull this off. Mm-hmm. And if we're like, going to conspiracy theories, you, we can time to open yeah, it well, now. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that, that we'll get into that. But like, all right, so take a, like a Mark Cuban, uh, mm-hmm. Elon Musk, um, say even like, you know, Donald Trump, um, Jack Dorsey, like I mean, Jack Dorsey's not a good example because he's not particularly charismatic, but like Elon Musk, super yeah. charismatic billionaire. Like um, he's got, yeah. he's got a billion irons in the fire. Mm-hmm. And and despite of what all the the people that claim they're gonna quit Twitter because of Elon Musk, they're still on there, yeah. and they're they're still claiming that Twitter is dying. But in the meantime, he's reporting like record user growth. Yeah. And and Tesla, like which is supposed to have died like nineteen times already, mm-hmm. um, is still going strong. Starlink, which was supposed to never get off the ground, um, like they're he's constantly. 
It's yeah, and he's constantly shooting more. Yeah, and he's constantly shooting more more satellites up in the air. And this is yeah. easily, easily like not even a close second. The best rural broadband uh, there oh, is. It's there's not there's nothing even close to it. Does nothing it? in the same sport, let alone the same yeah. like class you know like yeah, not even in the same fucking sport it's like having aaron judge play t-ball it's not <laughs> yeah like he he's crushing it and and so like yeah the sandbank been freed and like i need to like i'm gonna do some research on him and and watch all the these these latest interviews because he did like uh he did an interview with uh george stephanopoulos and then he did one with uh the new york times and they're like this is the thing that gets me is like they're trying to like massage his his image yeah. a- instead of like calling him out for like w- exactly what he did, which is stole a bunch of people's money. Yeah. Uh, Usually using the same method that our banking system is built on. It, it, like what he's doing is fractional reserve banking. It was like fractional reserve exchanging or something. I don't know what mm-hmm. you even call it, but I just, you know, you have to ask yourself, like, I think it was on, what was it? I think it was on part of the problem with Dave Smith, where Mm -hmm. him and Robbie, Dave and Robbie were talking about crypto. And there is some pretty, there's some pretty interesting points brought up. And I guess we should just probably say this, but on the podcast, in case anyone is getting into crypto, but I feel like. Bitcoin seems fairly legit. Yeah. As far as I can tell. But, and I don't know how people feel about Ethereum. I don't have to own any Ethereum. But then there is, what is the the third largest? I'm, I don't even buy, I've never bought it. Um, but there's it's like, there's like Dogecoin and then there's, uh, what is it? There's I can't remember. Okay. So like several, Best backed rebel groups, their official currency is um oh what is it? It's their official currency is this 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 crap. It's um let me look it up here real quick on Coinbase. I don't think you can buy it on Coinbase, but maybe they have a a sticker on it. But yeah, it's um apparently uh rebel groups that are backed by the United States, this is their official way of transacting. No. And there's people arguing <laughs> of course that it is. CIA, and the, there's people arguing that the CIA, and like this is all, I don't think it's founded yet. So, but people are arguing that the, the CIA is using this uh, crypto to fund rebel groups so it's untraceable back to the united states you know and you know what it's it's not a well again just different tech it's not a bad theory because all right so if you remember right before uh i guess it was right at 9 11 i think it was like the day before or something like that maybe on 9 11 Yeah. The Pentagon released their audit and they were missing like two and a half trillion. And this is, remember, this is in 2001 dollars, two and yeah. a half trillion unaccounted uh, from the Pentagon. Um, there, there was a, an audit here just the other day that was like three and a half trillion unaccounted for from the Pentagon. Uh, there are reports and uh, not, not just reports, but like this is, and I, I don't have a, 
I, I guess I could look it up here, but uh, Ukraine, the country of Ukraine invested heavily in FTX. Oh, yeah. Uh, and FTX paid out uh, millions and millions to Democratic politicians and, and yep. one on the record Republican politician, John Boozer out of Arkansas, <laughs> who, like I said, is... Oh, he's dirty. He, Oh, he he is so gross. Um, I mean, the dude's name's Boozer. What do you expect? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he name. he doesn't even spell it right. It's it's with the S. But he, so um, he's like, he's like a lame Boozer. Uh, but it's Tether, and the difference about Tether, this crypto that people are alleging the CIA is flooding money through to rebel groups, mm -hmm. is apparently it's 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 not. Um, so to speak, decentralized. And the person who is the face of it, I forget the name of him, but he's like a disgraced Disney child star that got in trouble for child like child pornography or something. Oh and cool. now he yeah, and now he's like the face of Tether. And um people are saying like this could be the next FTX thing. <laughs> So oh, shit. Um, probably should stay away from Tether. It's got seems to have there's stuff coming out about it that seems pr highly suspect, to say yeah. the least. So this is uh, from the Brave Search deal, um, and uh, it's Ukraine FTX. Oh yeah. Um, blah blah blah. Down here, so. Sam Bankman Freed addresses bankruptcy. Ukraine waste uh, blockchain firm. Blast fake news. Um, no evidence to support FTX laundering Ukraine. No evidence to support FTX laundering Ukraine aid money. Um, fall of FTX creates conspiracy theories about Ukraine. Fact check. No USAID to Ukraine wasn't laundered by. Um, so the fact that uh, there's so many just like, no, fact checked already. I don't buy it. <laughs> I, this yeah. this all seems like a CIA setup. Okay. I mean, somehow there's literally, I mean, there's just so many ways to funnel money and channel money, and for for anyone to think that they actually know, I mean, nobody knows. How do you, no. you have access to all the records and servers and have tracked all this fun? I mean, like I you I did briefly for a while forensic accounting and you can it takes to just figure out where funds are flowing to and who's behind it and stuff takes forever and the cases that i worked on was like man you know man's divorcing wife and he's hiding money and so we have to figure out in based off all these transactions where it's going what accounts he's got blah 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 and you know that would take sometimes almost a year so oh. like to think that the there's somebody that's i mean it, it could take an army of accountants down there forensic accountants to figure out what's what and that's assuming that they have access to everything and they're going to be allowed to have access and it's going to be transparent and they're going to go after this so i mean we'll we may never actually really know who where all the money was coming from and flowing from and going oh. Guaranteed we never will, but yeah. let's, um, 
I gotta take a leak. We'll come back right. and do like twenty minutes on uh Okay. Holy crap. On the same deal. What's that? I said time's flying by. <laughs> I know it. I know it. So anyway, I, I got right. some questions on this Alex Jones deal. Speaking of hiding money, so uh, we'll uh we'll we'll do that like Patreon yeah. only. Okay. All right. Move your ass. We're burning daylight. West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, blowing like breeze. Country roads take me home to the place where I belong. West Virginia. Oh